Intel Report. I'm your host, Steve Elkins, and today's date is June 19th, 2023, and as promised in our second hour, Mr. Tom Compton from We Hold These Truths. Uh, he sent me over his itineraries, bullet points to cover tonight, 15 of them. I don't think we're going to get through all 15. We'll definitely have to have him back at another time here, and I think we're going to have to squeeze him in for two hours, no doubt about it, with looking at this list here. But uh, the title tonight uh, is Tom's title. It's called Christian Zionism. The war-based religion, and we welcome to the mic to National Inter Report, Mr. Tom Compton. Welcome, Tom. Well, thank you, uh, Steve. Can you hear me okay? I hear you fine. You sound great. Oh, okay, great. Um, uh, it's a pleasure to be on your show and uh, to uh, explain what we're doing out here. We uh, uh, we described ourselves as a few right-wing followers of Christ who rejected America's serial wars and, and formed, uh, we hold these truths back in 1996. Mm-hmm. It was founded by Chuck Carlson. And prior to our founding in two, actually 1990, just a little month before the first Gulf War on Iraq and Saddam Hussein. Chuck Carlson was a deacon at a Southern Baptist church in the Denver area. And he wrote a letter to his fellow deacons and the leaders at the church uh, advocating uh, not going to war as uh, there was really no justification for it. Well, it went on deaf ears. And uh, fast forward a couple of years later, Chuck wrote an article for a national magazine entitled uh, Attacking Islam. With the fall of communism uh, in the early 90s, we needed a new enemy. And of course, that enemy became uh, the Muslims, the Islamic world, actually. And uh, in 1996, he formed the uh, We Hold These Truths. This is before we really understood even the idea of Christian Zionism. We'll talk a little bit about that uh, today. What is it? How do you tell if a person a, is a uh, Christian Zionist? There are probably 40 to 70 um, evangelical American Christians that are influenced by it. Many of them don't even know they are one. And uh, it's really interesting. One of the litmus tests that uh, a friend of ours developed to uh, e- ask a fellow Christian, they won't be offended, it is this question. Do you believe the modern state of Israel is a fulfillment of biblical prophecy? And by their response, you'll get a good idea. If they say yes, 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 well, then um, uh, then you may not be able to even talk about the issue uh, if they hesitate, then, uh, yeah, they're, they're considering it. They maybe not have even considered the issue. Traditional Christians like Catholics and so forth don't believe that. In mm-hmm. fact, a few years ago, I was at a film showing of a, of a film called Open Bethlehem and done by a, a woman from Bethlehem, uh, Palestine, and she... Uh, uh, in this film, of course, it's about how Bethlehem is being surrounded by the separation wall. It's it's the definition of insanity, if you will. Right. I was spent a month uh, in 
Bethlehem, Palestine, based there in 2017. We visited a house, two-story house that had a gift shop, and the wall was around three sides of the house. I mean, that explains the insanity of what's going on there. But anyway, um, the um, uh, Christian Zionists, um, probably the earliest Christian Zionists that we were aware of, it, it wasn't the term wasn't used, was Jerry Falwell from Liberty uh, Baptist Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, he was such a supporter of Israel that Israel gave him, this is back in the 70s, a jet airplane. Mm-hmm. And uh, these evangelicals eventually uh, uh, became known as Christian Zionists. So how were they, how were they wooed to uh, be supportive of Israel? What, what was the, uh, the, the details behind that how did they woo him well that's that's a great question steve because it is a promoted religion it's Mm -hmm. uh it really is not christianity christian zionism is an oxymoron they zionism is a political belief judaism is a you know is a religion like christianity and uh, but it was promoted through the Schofield Reference Bible that was published in 1909 Mm -hmm. by Oxford Press. Um, Interestingly enough, Oxford Press had never published an American author or a religious book, but Mm -hmm. curiously, uh, they did. And there is solid evidence that early Zionists were involved uh, with this. Cyrus Schofield was a was a scoundrel, actually. He uh, actually abandoned his uh, wife and three children, had uh, built his mother-in-law. He said he had conversion. But he spent four years in Switzerland writing the Schofield Reference Bible, which Mm -hmm. what it was was the King James Version, but putting in footnotes. Mm -hmm. And uh, a man named Samuel Untermeyer, who was a uh, Zionist lawyer in New York City, uh, got uh, membership for the Lotus Club, a very exclusive uh, club there in Gentlemen's Club in New York for Cyrus o- Schofield. And like he said, he was spent four years writing these notes in, in um, Switzerland. So he had funding and so forth. And we see this, you know, with the Zionists uh, looking for a place to uh, put their, uh, you know, to move. And of course, ultimately, was was uh, was Palestine. And we all, most people here probably listening, know about the Balfour Agreement in 1917. And uh, there were Zionists involved uh, in getting the United States uh, into the First World War. And so we as um, followers of Christ um, are not against, uh, we're not pacifists. You know, we we believe in defense and and that type of thing of our country. But these wars uh, were, we were dragged into Second War. All these wars are uh, in no sense defensive and uh, wars wars of content wars wars of con- conquest and commerce i, I call yeah. it yes and we've Pretty been much. doing this for yeah. 
well, almost 150 years, you look yep. at the the, the um, Philippines and the Spanish mm -hmm. War there, and yep. remember the Maine and all those things that uh, the the false flags that went on mm -hmm. over all those uh, years. But getting back to uh, to Christian Zionism, it was after it was published by uh, uh, Scofield or by Oxford Press, it was promoted in evangelical churches. And, you know, it was a relatively new movement called dispensationalism, and we really can't get into the details. It was started by a guy named John Nelson Darby, the Plymouth, Plymouth Brethren. He was from uh, Ireland. And uh, basically, Cyrus Schofield uh, consolidated the notes, and the uh, he passed away, I think, about 1921, but they kept his name, Schofield. They made several uh, uh, revisions, and even, I think the last one was 1967. They, uh, you know, still had Cyrus Schofield as the, the editor of it. Of course, he was long passed away. But in, in that, uh, they, they said um, in the footnote in Genesis 12:3, where God uh, gives the promise to Abraham, and uh, it, it, they actually talk about uh, if you oppose uh, this, uh, you're uh, anti-Semitic. Uh, you know, it's it's quite amazing. What I would invite people to do, Steve, it, rather than getting in some of these details, is be sure to go to our website, whtt.org, whtt.org, and watch our, our award-winning film, Christian Zionism, the tragedy and turning. And we're quite proud of it because we won an award at the Amar Popular Film Festival in Tehran, Iran in 2014. It's only 29 minutes. You can watch it for free. Mm -hmm. And um, anyway, it, you'll, you'll understand more about Schofield and uh, how it was promoted uh, uh, in that documentary there. But uh, it was promoted widely through uh, these evangelical churches. The, the typical, like I said earlier, the mainline churches, Catholics. I once asked the, the uh, uh, bishop here in Phoenix, uh, mar our magic questions, do you believe the modern state of Israel is a fulfillment of biblical prophecy? And his response was not unsurprising he said well many jews believe that <laughs> and of course millions of, of, of evangelical christians believe that to you know some degree they've been uh, blinded uh, by uh, these uh, uh, these theological ideas it's so held widely most followers of christ what i like to call myself um pr problem is and we'll talk about some of these Christians give Christianity a bad name. Mm -hmm. I'd like to quote Mahatma Gandhi. He said, I like your Christ. I do not like your Christians. Your Christians are so unlike your Christ. And we'll give some examples here of what we're talking about. I know that one of the things that uh, you wanted to talk was my uh, point about Richard Land. But before yeah. I start on yeah. that, in uh, 2002... Chuck Carlson made a trip into Israel and went into Gaza. He had contacts there, and 
he actually did a, a interviews with people and he had a video camera and recorded a rocket attack. He was staying in a Southern Baptist uh, facility. They were pulling out of Gaza and he videoed a, a rocket attack. There were hel Apache helicopters above. They killed four Palestinians, 40 were wounded. And of course, the only way people found out about it is when he came back. Mm -hmm. Certainly there's been more uh, information about what's going on there. Of course, we know it's one-sided uh, on the yeah. Israel side. They're always defending uh, their, you know, themselves. You know, we, we don't hear anything lately at all. I, I, I never hear about any uh, rocket attacks. I hear nothing what's going on in that area these days. I think I, I can only assume that the mainstream media is covering up all this. This is probably happening on a daily basis, I assume. This, yeah, the there was a recent attack, a yeah. uh, five-day attack on Gaza. In fact, when Chuck was there, uh, he visited a, a Baptist church, which uh, in Gaza that was next to a mosque. And he, in fact, uh, the day after the attack, he went and and took pictures of the of the the uh, funeral procession there. And uh, yeah, it's we we get so distorted uh, on what comes out of there, and Americans are blinded to. Uh, Typically, uh, a, um, uh, a, a say a, an American tourist visiting the Holy Land, mm -hmm. they um, uh, generally go on tours that are run by Israelis. Mm -hmm. So they're not going to get any information on what's happening to the Palestinians. And so if they go to Jerusalem, where you have the Church of the Nativity, where it was supposedly where Jesus was born, why uh, they they go to the separation wall gate, uh, the, the bus will go through, and then a Palestinian guy will get on. He can't say anything about what's going on there because they'll lose his job. They go to the holy site, and uh, then they may get some souvenirs, and then they leave. And so this concept that I learned about, uh, these tourists go see the dead stones, uh, mm -hmm. like the Church of the Nativity, Church of the Holy Sepulchre in in uh, Jerusalem, where Jesus, the grotto where Jesus was uh, buried. And uh, so they don't see the living stones. Uh, the living stones are the Palestinian Christians that live there in the Holy Land. And there are more Palestinian Christians than there are Messianic Jewish uh, Christians. There may be about 50,000 uh, uh, Messianic Jewish Christians. And there's only, it's less than 2% of all Israel are Christian. So you've got uh, mostly Jews in, uh, in Israel itself and Muslims there. 17, I think, percent of Israel is Arab or right. Palestinian. Right, uh, right. They are the citizens. They suffer under 65 discriminatory um, laws. Uh, and, uh, and, of course, there's a... Uh, you know, a uh, military occupation in the um, in the West Bank uh, of uh, of Palestine. So uh, it's it's really as even Bob Simon, who passed away in a few years ago of CBS News, described back in 2012, Gaza was the largest open air prison. You know, yeah. and he even said that you know the two state solution was dead uh, back then. But um, anyway, in um, after that, uh, he started, Chuck started talking, you know, about the issues 
we were able to speak to uh, at mosques. It was easier to speak to Muslims about this than our fellow Christians. Yeah, they told me that. <laughs> it's quite amazing, actually. But in um, October of 2002, as we were getting ready to ramp up the second war against Iraq, a man named Richard Land of the Southern Baptist Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission. It was kind of like their lobbying group. Uh, They had an operation office in Washington, D.C. So they would interact with the you know, the, the government and Congress and, and what have you. But Richard Land wrote a letter that was sent to George W. Bush. And this letter was signed by some really prominent evangelical Christians, D. James Kennedy of Coral Ridge Ministries there in Florida, uh, Chuck Colson of uh, Prison Fellowship. You know, he was one of the... Uh, Watergate uh, of AIDS of, uh, was you know put into prison. He became yeah. a follower of uh, Jesus, became a Christian. And then Bill uh, Bright of Campus Crusade. Well, this letter said to George Bush that going to war against Iraq would be a just war by their interpretation of the Bible. Yeah, and I was very, I was really bothered by that when I first read that on number eight on your bullet points. I was I was very bothered with that. That's why I wanted to definitely address that. It, um, amazing. It, it is contradictory to what Jesus taught. You know, whatever you may think about Jesus, you know, he was uh, he said his two main things uh, was they asked him what what you should do. First is to uh, honor God with all your mind, heart, mind, and soul and love your neighbor as yourself. And then, of course, uh, in the uh, Beatitudes, uh, Matthew 5, 9, he said, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. So, you know, doing something like this and justifying it for, you know, using the Bible, and I can give other examples of of, of this very thing. You know, Tom, we're, we're kind of moving through this list fast, so I am going to definitely take this uh, commercial break real quick here. We'll do uh, two commercial breaks, and then we'll take your calls. guest in this hour is Mr. Tom Compton of We Hold These Truths. We're talking about the title of this to- this topic tonight is called Christian Zionism, the War-Based Religion. And uh, we're going down our list, getting down there pretty fast here. I, I got a funny feeling we're gonna, we might finish it, uh, the list of 15 bullet points. So I definitely will open up some uh, the phone lines now for some great calls. I expect some great calls from my listeners tonight. 512-248-8252. Before we go back, Tom, Tom, I got to ask you this question here. You're talking about uh, the Christian Zionists, uh, and I forget who you mentioned the first time. Who was the the main um, person you spoke about earlier? Who was uh, who's recognized? Cyrus the- Schofield. They, uh, he was a uh, he was a pastor. In fact, they're. His church is in Dallas. It's changed its name. It was the Schofield uh, Memorial Church. Actually, it wasn't him. It wasn't him you're talking about. It was somebody else you mentioned, somebody major your name. Kind of in the same uh, realm as Pat Robertson, which I wanted to bring up. Oh, yeah, Jerry Falwell. Jerry Falwell, there you go. Uh, Pat Robertson dying uh, just a couple days ago at the age of 93 here in his 700 Club. Um, Any views on Pat Robertson in, in in this 
topic we're talking about Christian Zionism. Did they get well, to him? You know, no. it, he's a good example. I want to read a quote. And I think um, I don't know who said this, but I was I thought he was great back in the early 90s and so forth. But this quote, um, you must always be willing to truly consider evidence that contradicts your beliefs and admit the possibility that you may be wrong. Right. Intelligence isn't knowing everything. It's the ability to challenge everything you know. And so, you know, I he was quite entertaining and I didn't, you know, I didn't understand. I didn't even think about the... Uh, you know, the Palestinians, I looked at Israel as the Marxist state in the Middle East, you know, and uh, you know, so it never gave a thought about that. I wanted to, before we take a call, just uh, we were talking about the, the, the land letter. What did yeah. we do? We started, Chuck Carlson started our first vigil in November of 2002 at the First Southern Baptist Church of, of Scottsdale. And we held up signs like choose life, not war. And one of the things that evangelical Christians will say, they're pro-life, you know, they're against abortion. Right. But unfortunately, they support these serial wars, particularly, you know, to protect Israel. And um, it's it's quite uh, amazing. Well, anyway. Uh, so, Tom, we, so let, me, let me stop you real quick here. Is it the 501c3? That's keeping these uh, these churches in line with uh, promoting and being supportive of Israel. Is it the 501c3 and this government's love for Israel? I To an extent, but it's a deep, deep uh, religious belief. I mean, some people, I, I think, I, I'm not sure if they if they believe otherwise, that other than if Israel is a fulfillment of biblical prophecy, they're going to lose their salvation or something like that. Jesus was the fulfillment there was an imperfect uh, sacrificial system uh, in Israel. He became the ultimate sacrifice. You know, you've got uh, uh, even American Christians that have been trying to develop a perfect red heifer. You've got Orthodox Jews in Israel that want to build the third temple and start sacrifices there and so yeah. forth. I mean, that's the kind of craziness that's, that's going on. Right. A lot of people aren't, uh, uh, you know, aware of all these deals. It's it's very subtle. And I go to a, you know, a non-denominational church, but there is an undertow of Christian Zionism. You won't hear it from the the pulpit type of thing, right. but I know it's there, and I can it's give there. you examples. But it, uh, it it's it's very very subtle, and uh, I, I, you know. We, in some respects, we feel like we have not accomplished a whole lot affecting people. But unfortunately, uh, it's, you know, one person comes out of insanity one at a time. <laughs> you know, well, you, know you don't want the situation one mass. leaves insanity, one one enters insanity. You know, you don't want a one for one ratio here uh, yeah. or, or a one to two ratio. One leaves and two enter the insanity yeah. realm. You know, we got our first caller here tonight, Tom. Let's go ahead and take okay. this call. I'm sure it's for you. Lynn and Marilyn, you're on with Tom Compton. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, Mr. Compton. Everybody, you need to go to the website. Now, remember, I haven't been online since 2017. 
WHTT is the best website on the planet. I have to tell you, Israel is the hardest thing in the world to research. I had researched all sorts of stuff. You get stuff that's biased one way or another, and your website is amazing. Um, I, I, well, Lynn, Lynn I, we got a we got a little commercial break here. I want you to stay on and give your question to, to, to Mr. Tom Comp okay, and stay great. on. Thank you. Right thank back. you very thank much. You. And we return back to the phones uh, with Lynn and Marilyn with her question for Tom Compton. Lynn, are you still there? Yeah, I am. Thank you so much, right. Steve. Okay, sure. um, and Go the for other it. thing, like you were talking about the Schofield Study Bible, they give it mm-hmm. free to all the seminary students. But one of the things is like the Southern Baptist Convention wasn't against abortion. The whole thing started like around the Council for National Policy brought um, Ronald Reagan in. for, And then what I found was the family, and Jeff Charlotte has written two great books, one the family and the other on C Street. This thing not only infiltrated all the churches, but it's taken over our government so thank you thank you god bless you for your ministry i i i'm not even sure what to ask except just to say bless your heart and thank you because this has like just totally turned christianity upside down in the past 30 40 years it's infiltrated everything you got weird rapture theories you got christians believing all kinds of hooey yeah and it's just frightening. It's so frightening. So thank you. Thank you, Steve. I hope you do have Mr. Compton on again and bless yeah, his heart. Well, well, thank you, Lynn. Oh, my gosh. I don't know what to say. Um, you know, it's um, it's interesting. You know, there is some changes. Uh, just an interesting anecdote at my church. Um in fact, uh, when my wife passed away over six years ago, the senior pastor wouldn't talk to me because we had conducted some vigils out in front of the church. I won't go into details. And he knew what I would talk about. But anyway, he uh, I went with our uh, went to see our outreach pastor, who turns out to be a graduate of, uh, of Dallas Theological Seminary. And I asked, the first thing I did was ask him our magic question. Do you believe the modern state of Israel is a fulfillment of biblical prophecy? And he said no. And uh, what he said, they were on their third generation of, uh, of professors there, and there were students who were asking questions. And, uh, in fact, one of the, the theological the seminary uh, professors wrote a book called The Kingdom is Now, uh, these um, uh, dispensationalists tend to be futurists. It's all in the future, and and the the point that Jesus, you know, died, and uh, um, you know he's here in spirit with the help of the Holy Holy Ghost, and uh, so there there even is change there. We noticed at the Southern Baptist Convention in 2017, their annual meeting here uh, in Phoenix. We were actually there to greet them and uh, uh, hand out flyers. And the interesting thing, the uh, Richard Lamb that I talked about early, uh, or, uh, you know, from the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission, was replaced by a man named Dr. Russell Moore. And the ironic thing, I think it was Divine Providence, he gave a sermon at the very same time. Southern Baptist Church in Scottsdale, where we had been 14 and a half years before, 
I went to hear him. I introduced myself to him. I gave him our video and our two flyers. And I asked him if he believed in divine providence. And I said, well, we were here because of the land letter 14 and a half years before. I didn't have to explain to him what the land letter was there. And he actually was getting a flack back in 2016 when Donald Trump was uh, running. I guess you'd call him a liberal, but he was telling his fellow uh, Southern Baptists that we should be focusing on Jesus, you know, not, and I guess he made some remarks against uh, Trump. And uh, anyway, so there's a little bit of a change, and we found interacting with people, we handed out probably over 350 uh, of our flyers that they were not uniform in their belief. We would ask that magic question and uh, uh, about the state of Israel. So there is there is some hope that people are waking up, but it's a very, very slow process. Well, thank you. You helped wake people up. Like when Donald Trump got in office, I'd make phone calls at least every other day. And then one morning I woke up and I heard Ann Nelson speaking about her book, Shadow Network. And I was like, thank you, God, answered a prayer. And then I found Kathleen Stewart's book, The Power Worshippers. And, you know, people need to know this because... The churches have been taken over, absolutely taken over. You got the twenty-four hour prayer group. You got all of these people down there, yes. influencing Congress and in the White House. It is frightening, and the whole thing with the family is the national prayer breakfast, and that's been going on for decades. And it's about bringing these dictators in and influencing them. Yeah. So bless Lynn, your Lynn, heart. Lynn, let me ask. You. Let me ask. Let me add something to the conversation here. Great question, by the way. Uh, we got a problem. We're bringing people to the light, showing them the, the truth. Tom's doing a great job, but uh, we do have one problem. We, uh, if you remember right, we've seen it plenty of times before. Every four years, we see presidential candidates go to Israel. What for? Well, because Israel evidently has a hand in our politics, and they decide who becomes president of the United States for what they can give Israel back once they get in. Our dual citizenship politicians. Oh my God, what a problem there. It's not illegal to have so, but uh, their loyalty going to Israel, not the United States of America. So we're bringing people to the light, but we have our Congress, who's bought off, many of them, like I said, dual citizenship, bought off the, by the Israeli government. And the president's all doing the bidding of Israel through U.S. politics. Uh, I, I don't, you know, that's the part. We've got to figure out how to break those ties I called my senator last week because he actually um, is trying to get President Biden to get the FBI to investigate Shireen having her head hit in the back of the head by the sniper because the FBI is not investigating it. APAC has too much power over this nation. Well, you know, to address that, uh, Israel is really literally committing national suicide In 1999, we republished a book that was originally published in 1990 under the title Holocaust II, Saving Israel from Suicide. We republished it under the title One Nation Under Israel, making it more sensational. It was written by a corporate lawyer for the um, publishing industry. He self-published it. It basically uh, was ignored. And um, anyway, mostly Jewish sources... Uh, in there and uh, including information about APAC and and all this stuff. And it's actually uh, looking like what Israel is doing, particularly now with this right-wing government there, 
Uh, there are uh, 40,000 new uh, settlers. They're going to build uh, more uh, settlements. And, of course, they do that by stealing land from the Palestinians. They're guarded by the, uh, the Israeli IDF, uh, their internal police. And uh, you look at what happened with the COVID narrative. I mean, Netanyahu made a deal with Pfizer, and there's repercussions. They have a very, uh, they can monitor their health, uh, uh, you know, results and so forth. So they became a giant experiment for for the COVID. And of course, the fortunately, the Palestinians were discriminated against and didn't get the uh, the amount. So they're really on a track of of uh, national suicide uh, with their continued policies against. Uh, the Palestinians. So, you know, uh, I don't know. There's no magic answer. It's just, uh, uh, you know, getting people aware. I challenge my Christian friends all the time. I ask my question. I have, if if you want to understand Christian Zionism, I'm asking people, when you go to our website, WHTT, type in the search engine, Linda Compton. This, this was my wife, and uh, we did a tribute to, to her, and uh, she was amazing because this is how powerful this theology is. There's a woman by the name of Kay Arthur. She has a thing called Precepts Ministries. It's taught in evangelical churches and even mainline churches, and she's quite good. But the fact is, she's a dyed-in-the-wool Christian Zionist. And you'll you'll hear what she says uh, in this tribute to to my wife Linda Compton, and my wife conducted fifty of her Bible studies at women's Bible studies at our church several years before she passed away. She was very sympathetic what we were doing because she had a heart for what was going on. She told me she would no longer teach these precepts ministries. And it's like uh, it's like rat poison. You know, 99% of it was really good, but that 1% with that Christian Zionism theology is was was is very poisonous. So she did something, um, I think, is was miraculous that she had the strength and conviction to to start making her own Bible studies for women. So I mean, that's how deep this is in, you know, in evangelical Christians. Most of them don't even know they're Christian Zionists. And there's a spectrum of belief. You've got, at the extreme end, guys like John Hagee, who came out and prayed for the war before, uh, it, before it started in March of 2003 to protect Israel. That's what it's all about. So one of our signs, of course, is no more wars for Israel. <laughs> That's right. Surprise, and surprise. if you don't go along with it, you're demonized, and it's like a cult. Yeah. It, um, I, I promote uh, your website all the time, and I am so sorry for the loss of your wife, Dom. Yeah. Thank you. Thank, thank you. Thank you, Lynn, for your question. we got to move you, on. Andy. You're going to the call in the loop here. Appreciate the call. Well, um, let me give you another example of sure. the, these uh, Christian leaders. I was in a Bible study, um, a Sunday school, rather, at our church, and it was headed by a man named Dr. Wayne Grudem. He's written a mm -hmm. book on systematic theology, and he wrote a book, Politics According to the Bible. Right. And we were in his class for a year and a half, 
our last class we went to was in um, like December of 2010. And uh, he was going through chapters of his book, and uh, he uh, came to national defense. Well, he proceeded to tell us that the wars in Afghanistan and Iraq were just wars by his interpretation of the Bible. Right. He's also so. Where, uh, where in the Bible? Where in the Bible did he cite that it was okay by the Bible? Where? Where? Well, where, because you know, we have the moral imperative to be the policeman of the world. I mean, he said that he even castigated, uh, you know, Congressman Ron Paul, who was against all these interventions. You know, so he, you know, that was. I asked a question, and that was the last time. You know, so you've got this blindness. You know how. Uh, how can anybody um, who says that they're a follower of Jesus Christ come up with something like that? Well, I, I mean, it's totally crazy. Agree. I mean, a, a, another example is um, is a, a, a fellow I like. He's a preacher. Of, his name is Craig Boyd, uh, Greg Boyd of Woodland Hills Church in right. St. Paul, Minnesota. Don't always agree with him, but he's a thinking man's pastor. Yeah. Right. In 2004, he did a series called The Cross and the Sword, right. and he had 5,000 people in his congregation. You know, that's a fairly liberal area up there, and you'd say they were probably more peaceniks. But the, the thesis was that, um, you know, the state wields the sword. We're under right. the civil authority of the state, but followers of Christ are under uh, his authority. But what's happened is the so many, particularly evangelicals, have welded the cross to the sword. So they look to support these wars. And in fact, uh, nationalism slash patriotism becomes a religion that uh, overshadows uh, Christianity. Love your neighbor as yourself. Blessed are the peacemakers. He lost 1,000. He lost 20% of uh, of his congregation wow. because they couldn't take the message right. that, that uh, you know people have welded the cross to the sword and support these wars. Uh, yeah. Well, Tom, our uh, Pat is uh, Pat in Texas has returned, and we have another one after that. So we're going to kind of keep uh, Pat. We're going to okay. keep you kind of short here on your question, but uh, you're on with Tom Compton. What's your question? Uh, my question is. Uh, I think that God has blinded Israel's eyes, and I think Israel is in real trouble now because they've crossed the line of uh, God. Uh, They're actually producing embryos for some kind of research. So nobody is above the judgment of God, but I do believe that, yes, everybody who's ever come against Israel paid dearly. George Bush, when he made him give up Gaza Strip, it was in five days that Katrina leveled uh, New Orleans, uh, more or less, and drowned it, rather. And, uh, and I said, well, why, did, why, did, why are they uh, tearing down their houses, uh, Israel, before they leave Gaza? And uh, now I know because they use their houses to uh, fight Israel with. They, they uh, use them, or they put kids in there and say, oh, you can't hit these kids. And then they lob and bombs at them from the houses. But back then, uh, I remember uh, when uh, when, uh, jo- when that Katrina happened, people had to leave, you know. They couldn't stay. It was flooded everywhere. And they were writing <laughs> on their houses, do not raise code enforcement. You know, they'll do that while you're gone. Well, uh, uh, I, I would like... 
over the years, over the years, even John Statmiller, he said, I love juice, orange juice, grape juice. That's all I remember him saying the last day of him. <laughs> Well, you know, Gaza is inside Israel, and uh, anybody that's occupied has a has a um, uh, you know uh, can resist, and of course it's always one way. Uh, you look at uh, the last major one in 2014 against uh, uh, Gaza, the operation Operation Protective Edge where over 2,000 Palestinians were killed, 500 uh, children were killed. And so, you know, uh, these incidences are perpetrated. Certainly, you know, there's homemade rockets that come out of Gaza are no. basically figurative. Uh, and so, you know, it's Gaza, uh, Israel is committing national suicide with their policy. And yes, God will, you know, God prevails in all things. And uh, so, you know, they can go on their merry way and uh, only time will tell what will happen there. Pat, got to move on here. We got other callers. Appreciate your call always. We're going to go back to the phones and get our last call probably in. Sherry in Kansas, you're on with Tom Campton. Uh, hello, gentlemen. Um, I think you'd both be interested in this. Uh, last Friday night when uh, Mike Gaddy did the uh, uh, this show, uh, he and Blackbird Nine, who does a show on Saturday also, um, they uh, they showed how the um, how the PNAC document was actually a strategy for implementing the uh, Odin Yanon plan. Yes, it came out in eighty or eighty two. And they take it clear. Mike showed how uh, he found stuff that showed how Reagan was the one that, you know, implemented this, which that's when the Odin Yanon plan came out, is in the early 80s. And I think yes. you'd both be interested in that show. So, uh, uh, yeah, well, thank you. I mean, the Project for a New American Century, obviously. Uh, um, you know, was looking for, uh, as they said, a new 911. Yep. And of course, I'm sure you've covered the, <laughs> the, the, you know, the 911 issue quite well, that it was not uh, a bunch of uh, terrorists no. Um, no. <laughs> from uh, Saudi Arabia or whatever. No, box cutters, um, no. So, but he, um, he shows how, you know, they, uh, both these guys used to work for the intelligence agencies here. Yeah. And I think you'd really enjoy that, Tom. And Steve, I think you would, too. So that's all I had. All right. And, uh, appreciate that, sure. Give you a heads up on that. Bye. Thank you. Appreciate that. Yeah, I'm surprised we even actually got into that the project for New American Century, the PNAC document, uh, our blueprint to get us to the Middle East, um, yeah. filled with lies and fear and uh, weapons of mass destruction and yellow cake and everything else, too. Um, pretty amazing. Um, yeah. You know, Mike Rivero says this quite often, and I have to agree with it. We are the most lied to people on the planet. We're the most taxed people on the planet. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, again, I, I mentioned earlier with Lynn, our problem is with politicians and that dual citizenship and the president's 
that are handpicked by Israel to become presidents of what they can give Israel later on once they're in office. And I, I think pretty much any politician who doesn't go along with the Israeli agenda, the Zionist agenda, uh, I could assume they, the NSA uh, digs up some dirt on them, blackmails them, forces them out some through some kind of scandal. And uh, presidents who don't fall in line turn out to be JFK'd, I guess. Yeah, well, I mean, to that end, I, I think of uh, Cynthia McKinney, who was uh, a, a congressman from Georgia. And she actually, after the 2009-89 Operation Cast Lead, the first major attack on Gaza, went on a flotilla where they took aid in there. And she lost uh, in the primary because it was a Democratic, she's a Democrat area. And that, you know, that was one of the things that APAC does. So they'll, they'll, if you cross their, you know, paths, they will, you know, fund the opposition. And so your history, I mean, it's happened to uh, uh, Paul Finley, for example, who wrote a book about you know, that uh, he was a liberal uh, Republican from Illinois. So, yeah, there, there's the power there that you don't cross the, you know, that uh, line. And so you see at APAC, their annual convention, all these politicians uh, from, you know, uh, like in 2019, uh, Mike Pence, who's a Christian Zionist, uh, Mike Pompeo was there. They, they're bowing before uh, Israel. You saw what uh, uh, Donald Trump, there's good indication that uh, – he was helped by Zionists to get elected, uh, and you look, uh, you know, moving the embassy to uh, to uh, Jerusalem, you know, all the things that he did to uh, support Israel. So, yeah, it's it's the same old, same old, I guess. Yeah. I wish <laughs> we know? had a little more time to talk about that issue, that last statement you made about uh, the Israelis helping Donald Trump, because they seem to turn their back on him later on. I'm not sure what changed between Donald Trump. And Israel, but it, uh, Donald Trump gave them pretty much everything they wanted. Here, you have the Holy City, yes. you want it, we give it to you. $30 billion, you want it, we'll give it to you. No problems. He gave them everything they wanted, then suddenly they turned their, they turned on them. I don't know why. Uh, is it something, a collaboration between Israel and the deep state, the administrative state? I'm not sure what happened there. It's something, I'd love to dig into that next time we talk. Or maybe uh, because they offended the you know their normal base of the Democrats. So maybe they're trying to win favor for the Democrats. I don't know. I don't you know, know. It's, it is a question. It's politics, for sure. And yeah. they're very good strategists. The Zionists are... And, you know, maybe only a third of Jews. I mean, the, the, the encouraging thing that I see and we see are Jewish groups. And we've even been at a, a one of our vigils in front of a, a, a synagogue in, in San Francisco where we had some Jewish voice pe- people, Jewish voice for people, peace, join us. And there was another group of young people called, if not now, of young Jews that were pushing a back against uh, what's happening in well, this. Tom, so, there's our music that completes our show this evening. Okay. Uh, I'm back again on my show Sunday, Off the Beaten Path. Uh, thank you, Tom Compton. We will definitely have you back. Uh, your website, real quick, what's your website again? WHTT.org. We hold right. these truths. Thank you very much again. Thank you for listening. Health, happiness, and safe travels, everyone. We will talk again. Good night. Thank you.